All right, so Trauma Thursday. Um, we all have trauma, and we store that in a variety of ways. Uh, physically, emotionally, we pass it down to our children. We rub off on the people that we interact with every day, and it's our responsibility to heal ourselves, even if it is not our fault what happened to it, to us. Um, when I start thinking about what I want to say, I get nervous. That's trauma. Trauma is losing your words when you try to discuss the things that happened to you. Um, it's spending time with someone that you really enjoy being around, but not knowing how to interact with them, not knowing how to be close to people emotionally or physically anymore after the trauma. And that healing is a lot of pressure and it can take a lot of time. So, um, Today I was triggered in a way. My mom called me to let me know <clears throat> that, well, she sent me an article, that someone in my town had been assaulted at the park. A man had followed this woman for many blocks, and when she reached a tree-dense area of a park, uh, he attacked her, and he strangled her. And naturally, as a mother, <laughs> my mom was very scared for me, um, especially because I have a young daughter, I live alone and I will probably live alone for some time. Um, my mom called me to express her fear and that fear was palpable and um, came in a way that was very emotionally charged and for me came in a way that made it feel like she didn't trust me to watch out for myself and to watch out for my daughter. Um, say, you know, stating things like I need to have a male presence. I need people to see men around my house uh, so that they don't know that I'm alone and come in and try to attack me. So naturally, as someone that has recently chosen to live alone, I got a little defensive at that. Um, I reminded her of that of my recent experience I've learned that it is more dangerous to be around men on a personal level than it is to walk down the street at night. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about my trauma. I have hinted at it, uh, posted some vague motivational memes, things like that, but I haven't really told a lot of people what happened to me and to my daughter this year, and I feel like I need to. So. Let's talk about it. And we're going to go deep here. Um, it all kind of came to a head. And the day that really stands out, even though it was not the only day of trauma that I experienced by far in the last year or my entire life, um, was March 17th of 2021, St. Patrick's Day. Um, on St. Patrick's Day, I was in a relationship. I was living with a man that I had been in a relationship with for almost a year and things weren't going great for a variety of reasons. Um, we both had our own head trash. Alcohol was involved. Um, he could be suicidal. He could self-harm. Um, he typically would hit his head against the wall or hit himself in the face. Uh, all of these things traumatic in their own way, but those things were um, not typically directed at me. They were just happening around me, so it was a little different. On this particular day, 
we were in not even what I would call an argument first thing in the morning. You know, he had his coffee. I had my coffee. Um, I was sitting by my computer and just asked him if we could have a discussion that there was something that was bothering me. And the thing that was bothering me is kind of silly. Honestly, I will admit I have my insecurities and my jealousy problems. And I follow him on Spotify and had noticed that he had made a playlist uh, titled for his ex-girlfriend. Um, the playlist for the love of my life, the baddest bitch on earth, blah, blah, blah. Um, and this playlist had over 15 hours of music on it, most of it love songs. Uh, so it's an old playlist. It's not something that happened during our relationship. But it was something where I was like, hey, where's my playlist? Um, this kind of came up as well because he made a playlist for a coworker, a female coworker. And uh, when I saw that one, I had brought up my concerns as well. You know, just like you never really did those things for me. Um, I love music. I would love for you to put together a playlist of music for me. So I brought it up um, shaking because our arguments typically turn into fights and asking him you know, can you just help me understand, like, what's the difference between the effort put into that relationship and the effort or lack thereof that I see in ours? And what needs to change? And is this a relationship that works for you? Like, is this something that you want? Um, really tried to do my best to deliver these concerns in a calm way, because I, I haven't always done that. And I knew that reacting in those ways could set him off so I really wanted to have a productive conversation because I really felt like due to a lot of other things that had happened leading up to that day it was kind of coming to the point where we had to decide together if this was a relationship that was worth having for both of us um, for a variety of reasons so I was hoping to open the door to a conversation that was a little more raw and vulnerable um, and you know, emotional for sure, but hopefully less emotionally charged. <clears throat> well, as typical, anytime I brought anything up, it was received very badly. Um, and it <clears throat> immediately resulted in him jumping up, throwing his hands in the air, um, turning red in the face and screaming at me and calling me names. Um, he then... I started crying naturally because I cry a lot and especially when I get kind of attacked like that. So he uh, immediately put on his socks and shoes and he left. And I asked him why he was leaving and he screamed in front of my child and in the driveway in front of our neighbors, fuck you, bitch, and got in his car and drove away. This wasn't the first time that he had left me like that. When I tried to discuss something with him, it was very much like him to overreact and leave. Uh, leave for anywhere from 20 minutes to an entire day and then come back and apologize later, um, which he always justified as I was trying not to fight with you. Um, but when he came back, if I tried to discuss the initial issue that we were having, it was, oh, so we're still going to talk about this. So really, in hindsight, after much therapy, I've realized that that was just a way of avoiding the issue. Um, so that day he left. He did what he usually did when he left, which was go to the liquor store, go to a bar, uh, get incredibly drunk, drive that way. He came home drunk because um, he had left his vape here. And he came home to get his vape. 
went into the bathroom, slammed a bunch of doors on the way, grabbed his vape off of the table, and it was close enough to me that when he grabbed it, I could smell the whiskey or rum. I guess it was Sailor Jerry. So it was I could smell rum on him. And so I wanted to convince him not to leave, not to drive like that. And so I followed him outside, um, grabbed the front door, tried to convince him not to go, not to drive like that. Um, I had my hand on the front door, kind of holding it open while I was talking to him. He knew my hand was there. He looked at it. Um, he was incredibly drunk. He grabbed the door with both hands and as fast and as hard as he could, he slammed it with my hand in it. Um, I couldn't use my hand for days and... There was no bruise and the swelling was hard to see because I have a tattoo on my hand and the police didn't believe me and we'll get into when the police got involved a bit later because it was not then. But part of the trauma is, yes, I was physically injured by someone that claimed to love me. Um, so he left and he came back several hours later. At that point, I had called and spoken with my mom and my sister. I had decided that I was going to break up with him. I was going to kick him out. So I packed his things uh, nicely. I packed his laptop and all of the things for that in a bag. I packed a luggage with all of his clothing and I set him by the door for if he came back. He did come back. Um, I opened the door and he tried to walk in. I said, no, you cannot come in the house. Here are your things. You need to leave. If you come in, I'm going to call the police. And he's, of course, why? I said, because you hurt my hand. Um, and I showed him, even though you could barely see that it was swollen. And I said, and and then you just turned around and walked away, even though I had, was crying in pain at that point, And I thought he had broken my hand. He just left. Um, he came back and said, well, I want to talk about it now. And I said, no, the time to talk about it was this morning when I tried to bring it up calmly with you. You hurt me in front of my child. My child was there when this happened. And you cannot come in. So I handed him his laptop bag. And when I turned around to get the large luggage where I had packed all of his clothing, uh, and I turned back around, his penis was out. Again, my daughter is here. And he was peeing all over the porch, um, all over my shoes, on my feet. And obviously had to go pretty badly, but did so in an incredibly degrading and disrespectful way. My daughter did not see it because when I saw him come back because of what happened the first time he came back, I told her to go and hide in my room. And she did. She hid under the desk. And when the police came, she told them that she was scared and she hid under the desk. So um, while he was peeing all over the place, I pulled out my phone and got a short snippet of video. And then I ended the video and immediately called the police. Um, he got in his car when I called the police and drove off. I told him that he was incredibly intoxicated and should not be driving. Um, they really did nothing over the next few days. They said that they didn't have any proof of what happened, even though I had a video of him peeing, um, on my feet, <laughs> on my shoes, on the porch, that there was nothing that could be done, that they needed to get his side of the story first. So they looked for him, but they couldn't find him for days and days and days, um, and then he finally agreed to talk to them on Sunday and pretty much told them none of that actually happened. And that was it. They didn't do anything about it. Um, so it's been two and a half months since this happened. And my voice still shakes. I'm still physically shaking 
talking about this. And that's just the tippy, tippy top of the iceberg. Um, he continued over the last two months to gaslight me. He lied to people that we mutual friends and told them that I threw him and his children out in the night. Um, it wasn't night. It was day. His kids weren't here. They were with his mom or with their mom, excuse me, um, his ex. And he didn't tell anybody what he, he did. Uh, he also lied and said that I woke him up with his phone screaming about something and slapped him in the face. And I never did that. Um, so this was the first time that I had been heavily gaslighted by someone. And the first time that I had someone almost convince me that I had done things that I didn't do. It started really confusing me. Um, so I brought these things to therapy and that has been incredibly helpful. Uh, it's been helpful to realize that I was stuck in a narcissistic pattern of abuse. Um, I was able to admit that that day when he slammed my hand in the door was not the first time that he physically hurt me. And it took me a really long time to admit that as well. A couple days before Christmas, we were both drunk. We were in an argument. He went to leave. I got in front of him, didn't touch him, and he pushed me. And I fell and hit my head on the wall. Um, he had convinced me in the days after that that I was so drunk I fell and that he did not touch me or that he was trying to hug me and in pushing him away I fell backwards. And I believed that. I, I even told people that I was in the wrong. And it took a long time for me to dissect the memories and the parts of it and remember it as it actually happened, which is where I did not touch him. I was pushed and I was hurt from that. And I allowed that and I went back to him after that. Um, and being someone that always thought I was so strong, I would never tolerate abuse. Always looked down, honestly, to be honest with you. Looked down on people that went back to abusive partners. Didn't understand how they could do that. I found myself in it. It was now my reality. Um, I was, what I did was very strong. Kicking him out was very strong. Um, protecting myself and my daughter. It's not something everyone can do. And honestly, for a while, I couldn't either. And if I would have not been sober that day on St. Patrick's Day, if I would have had inebriation to cloud my recollection, I probably would still be in that cycle of abuse. It was because I was so clear-headed because I could look back and say no. I was awake. I was present. I had coffee. I know what happened. I remember that I was finally able to look at it for what it was. Um, so to kind of sum it up on, you know, why everything with this phone call from my mom today was so triggering, um, his belongings were in my house until this last Monday, Memorial Day. So we went from St. Patrick's Day, well, we went from Christmas with that first instance of physical abuse to St. Patrick's Day to Memorial Day with this getting drug along, just dragging out forever, it seemed. And on Memorial Day, he finally came to move his things out. And while he was here, we got in an argument over a stuffed animal, literally, I'm not kidding. Um... <laughs> he wanted this thing and I told him no 
And I eventually, I gave it to him because it wasn't worth the fight and I got scared. Um, he started arguing, started laughing and mocking me like he sometimes did. And then I started crying and he came at me very quickly in my house. And he said that he was coming at me to hug me, but it reminded me of those times where he hurt me. Um, his eyes looked the same. His face looked the same. He just had that intimidating demeanor and I've never been scared or intimidated by anyone I mean I was scared I was scared with him in my house and now it's over he's gone he's blocked I might run into him again but like I'm safe he can't come in my house I have a ring camera I lock all my doors and so when my mom's talking about me living alone having a male presence outwardly so that people won't come into my home and attack me and my daughter it's triggering. It's offensive because I have learned that I am in more danger loving a man and allowing him to sleep next to me every day than I am walking in the streets at night. And how do I get over that? Like people live in so much fear. They are scared to walk to their cars. They're scared to go for a walk to the park. They're scared to leave their homes. They're scared to be at home with someone that could come in. And that's a thing. For me, I'm scared to ever be around anyone again. I'm scared to sit on the couch with someone. I'm scared to fall in love. I'm scared to think about ever being in a relationship with someone again. And I'm scared to have someone around my daughter. And I paused this recording for a second because I felt like I was going to cry. But I unpaused it because, like, that's a normal response to what happened to me. And I used to be naive. And I used to just let people in. And I used to not lock my door. And I used to not leave the house without mace. And it wasn't the news that changed me. It wasn't the world going crazy that changed me. It was someone that I loved and I thought loved me, hurting me, that changed me. It made me realize that the way that I looked at love was naive. The way that I trusted people was foolish. And so after I kicked him out, I immediately installed a ring camera. Because if I would have had a ring camera, they would have caught him slamming the door on my hand. They would have caught him urinating all over me in my porch with my daughter home. So I thought, man, I should have had a camera this whole time. And I installed the ring camera myself and it brought me peace. And then I ordered a bat. I keep a bat by my door now. I ordered a gun for mace, not a gun with bullets because I'm scared of them. I want one, but I'm like too intimidated by it. But I ordered a mace gun that can shoot up to 40 feet. I have pepper spray in my car. I have a knife in my car. I double check all of my doors at night, but it's not because I think some stranger is going to come in my house and hurt me. It's because I'm afraid it's going to be the person that I thought I loved. The person that I never thought would hurt me and then ended up doing that. I'm scared of him. I'm more scared of him than I'm scared of any other crazy person in this entire world. And it changed me. 
It changed me because I used to walk around without checking behind me. So I wrote a poem and we're going to end this with that because I think 20 minutes about ranting about my trauma on Trauma Thursday is probably enough. You changed me. I guess that's the way it had to be. You took away my naivety, made me realize it was dangerous to give love for free. Before you, I didn't flinch when someone used their hands to speak. I didn't panic when I heard a creak on the floor or a dish shift in the sink. I could walk to my car without mace. I was comfortable going alone any place. I never locked my door. Now I check my ring camera more and more. I used to let people hug me and hold me. I used to talk about my feelings. It's been so hard for me to admit that building these walls is part of my healing. Now I just want to be alone. When you hurt me, I fell from my throne. But I won't let my heart turn to stone. Slowly, I'll turn this around. I picked up the pieces, and I'm rebuilding my crown. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and if you need to vent on a Thursday, I'm your gal. Send me a message. And I hope you're all doing well, staying strong, and allowing yourself to be weak when you need to.